When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, I thought we had a bit of an issue there. A big sign come up on my screen saying this can't go live because of an error, but I've fixed the error by pressing OK. On the on the option, so look at me. I'm an IQ. Yes, this is Gav. This is the talking cop. It's Monday night where we bring three topics to the table to chat about them. Phil is not here. I'm standing in for Phil. I am Phil for the even. Um, I'm not as mad as him, but I am Phil for the even. Phil has had multiple things happen to him. He fell off a ladder and hurt himself and then woke up with the vomiting bug. So Jesus Christ, I said either get well soon or just someone put you down, Phil. That's that was my approach to so get well soon if you're watching. Sorry for let being late, that's my fault as well. I have got Trev, I have got Pete, we have got three topics. We have an hour to cover them. Pete, how are you? Cannot complain. If I didn't own it, listen, you know yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I know. Yeah. Especially when you live with women. Um you complain to them. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Trev, how are you? I'm very good, Cam, yeah. And you? I'm, I'm great. I'm great. I'm really enjoying the 10 a.m. shows where we talk for as little amount of time um, as possible about football. And then we just talk random stuff um, for 20 to 25 minutes. I'm loving that in the morning. It literally wakes me up in the morning. I love it. I jump out of bed going, come on, we get the random stuff into us. But um, that's the way it goes. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Um... Where to start? I tell you what, let's start on a positive. P, you have a positive thing to bring to the table this week because last week you were another disgrace. But this week, <laughs> um, I'm going to let you go redeem yourself, P. Redeem yourself with this week's topic that you would like to bring for us. You'd have to, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. listen. I'm only messing. In, you weren't a disgrace. It was a brilliant show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they were winding me up, I have to say. But yeah. no, I have to say... It, in 2023, we have a lot of things to complain about, all of us, not just Liverpool, but modern football being a disgrace and uh, footballers, um, footballers in general and their attitudes, you know, fellas walking through the door five minutes later, they think they're superstars and they think because they, they've played a couple of games that they can, you know, they can call the shots. And then along comes a 16-year-old, you know, Harvey Elliott, who basically, it seems to me, just embodies the fans he looks to me like a young player that just jumped out of the stands and, you know, was lucky enough to, um, you know, to, to get a game and, and has a bit of talent. I've never, it's a long time since I've seen an attitude like that. Um, and I, I, I like Elliot because I was living in that part of London, the part of London, uh, just outside Surrey, where he was born, Chelsea. I was living n- n- not far from there, playing, playing ball with a lot of lads from there, you know, my spare time. And it's a nice area. It's it's a kind of a Chelsea area, to be honest. And I, I look at a story like getting knocked back as a young fella, you know, from Chelsea um, because he was too small. Then, you know, setting the world on fire at Fulham and, you know, getting his move to us. And by all accounts, him and his father, big Liverpool fans. You know, but this is a young fella, in my opinion, who could probably go into any academy or, dare I say, any squad in the world and, and change any game. But he seems just happy to be part of things at Liverpool Football Club. And every time he comes into it, he hasn't had the best of luck with injuries. But every time he comes into it and he's sharp, he just looks like he's ready. But the attitude, you never hear, do you know what I love about him, Gav uh, and Trev? You never hear any interviews and he, and he never talks about what he's going to do or who he's going to be. Or what, ne- what, what's next? What, what worlds he's going to conquer? He just looks to me like he's just happy. You know, to be part of things at Liverpool Football Club, it's. I just think it's such a throwback to the way things were and to the way things should be. You know, you, you compare and contrast 
this young flitter the likes of, I don't know, Nicola, Nicholas and Elkett in the past, surrounded by a posse of people. I know that's your cultural thing. Um, you know, but there's plenty of English young flitters that have been surrounded by that kind of nonsense as well. And it's just lovely to see somebody with the abundance of talent that he has, having had the choice of clubs that he did, just come in and put his head down. But yet you see what he's able, what he's capable of, which is, to be honest with you, frightening. The only thing you'd worry about, will that, will that attitude go against him? The fact that he's not a prima donna and you, you, you'd like him to stand up more for himself. But for me, he's he's just, you know, I always have a smile on my face whenever I see, see him, you know, as well as him being supremely talented. He just seems like a good young flit. He's a credit to the club and he always makes a difference when he plays. Um. I have to call Cross here because Chris Brackett's asked, I need the chat's help. Any remedies for a bad back? Mine is killing me. Um, I don't know if he's making that up. Um, but he seems to be unwell as well. They're all bleeding falling by the way, so he'll end up running into Christmas. Tough paper um, around. What? <laughs> tough, pa- tough paper around the mix. There's people all over the place. Trev, we spoke about Harvey Elliott a bit on the show last night, obviously because he'd scored the goal, the winning goal. Um, and there's a couple of really good points were brought up, but where are you on him? Because one of the points brought up last night was what we're doing with Harvey Elliott now is probably what we should have done with him 18 months ago. Oh, yeah, he's in the squad, he's coming in, he's impacting games, but we're not throwing the weight of the club on his shoulders by starting him every week at midfield. And Pete makes good points there about him coming in. He doesn't shout and scream about himself. And I think the good thing is he's at Liverpool because if he was at a lesser club, he'd probably become a big fish in a very small pond very quickly whereas at Liverpool you know he's looking around going Fuck, these are brilliant all of them like you know what I mean um, but Trev where do you want Harvey Elliott because he has got some criticism um, is he a midfielder is he a, is he an attacker has he enough pace is he big enough boom 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 he's starting to answer a lot of questions Kev or Trev sorry yeah like I'd be like yourself I think when he came in we all had them questions about pace about physicality about size all all them things have been answered I don't know what it's they seem to be answered in the last couple of weeks for me I know it's been a long-term project but I watched the game on Saturday with my young fella who's 12 years of age and he plays midfield and we're very lucky in our club we have a UEFA licensed coach that coaches him so I said some as we all know, the first part of the game, 70-odd minutes, forget about it. But he watched the whole game. And I said, when I seen Harvey Elliott, I just had a feeling he'd do something. I said, right, watch him and tell me what he's doing. And everything my young fellow is doing in training, scanning, opening his body, you know, breaking the lines, all these little things that are so simple to do. I mean, you look at the likes of Xavi and Iniesta, all these similar stature as well. Not not physical, not the not the quickest, but every one of them have it up here, and they have a couple of steps ahead of everybody. And I think he's just settling in so well that it's actually frightening. I don't think we've even seen what I'd say he's another the ceiling's way to go, like yet. And it's going to be amazing to see how he goes. But I think we have to keep doing what he's doing. I think Klopp's playing a blinder with him, you know, a bit like as we all say about Foden as well. But he's Dipping him in and out. He's bringing in Jones in and out with him as well. You have Gravenberg come in with as well. With physical, if you want to mix it up. But my God, does he make a difference when he comes onto that pitch? He's amazing. Really is. John um, reckons he's best right now coming off the bench against tired legs. And that's, and that's a good point. And I think, you know, I, I think we're able to do this progression thing with him now where many people would look and go, because I, 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 I genuinely think before he gets that injury at Leeds, right, and Liverpool are... Um, strong in midfield. You would call him strong at that time. But I don't think Henderson's getting back in that team. Um, because Henderson's on the bench a couple of times when, when Elliot starts and Elliot's playing really, really well at the start of that season. It's a horrendous injury he gets. But I think Klopp's, you see, last season he played a fair bit and people were like, oh, what, what's this fella bring? What's this fella bring? Listen, the likes of Elliot. Right, and Trent is the reason, but I think it's the reason we went inverted with Trent was because the midfield had no legs. I had no mobility. I had, and on top of that, it wasn't the most creative midfield. Anyway, you can play players that aren't the most mobile in the world, but they're exceptionally creative. So you can, you can walk around them. You've mentioned Javi there. Iniesta's a bit more mobile, but Javi didn't seem to tear around the place, but he just, Pirlo was the perfect example, I suppose. And I think Harvey kind of, he got the, the bad end of the stick last season. A couple did, 
you know, based on um, players not performing and, and dropping in levels and, and waning off and, you know, <coughs> things like that. Whereas I think Klopp has looked at it this year and went, hold on, I don't think I can risk Harvey Elliott in this midfield with what we have. Bec- and not because he's not good enough. I think they're not risking him because you're then putting a 20-year-old in with possibly two other players. They're only playing that 10th, 15th game for Liverpool yesterday. They're only playing that 15th. They haven't played 20 games for Liverpool yet. And 20 year old is a risk anyway, right? But when you put these in beside, you know, Vasaba's lawyer, Gravenberch, and McAllister, no, they're all fairly experienced, or an endo, they're still brand new to Liverpool. And then what happens is you're putting the focus back onto Harvey and say, well, you know exactly how we play. So we're all going to look to you while these settle in. And I think Klopp has kind of went, no, tell you what we'll do. We'll put them in and we let them learn. Okay, let them all learn together. Let them work as a unit. And then what we'll do is, when they're working hard, because no one's accusing Liverpool of not working hard, then we bring Elliot in, and he knows. And you're spot on what you say, because I'm, I'm convinced of it, and I'm, I'm, he's maybe even quoted in it. He watches the game intently when he's on the bench. He's watching where every bit of space is, who's who's uh, flagging a little bit and on the other team, where did you leave an, where did you leave an opportunity for him to get in and influence the game. And Like Pete, he's in no rush. He's mm. 20 years of age. Like, he could genuinely want to play with Liverpool the next 15 years. He's a massive Liverpool fan. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm not getting it here and I'm out of here. I fucked that club. I can go to, I, I support Chelsea. I'm going there. It's not like that. He's in no worry, P. And you could genuinely see him in a year's time going, he can start now. Cause the other lads are well used to what they're doing. You have no problem putting Harvey out again. And he's only 20. He hasn't hit anywhere near his prime physically. And that's strength, speed, whatever it might be. Like, there's no rush, is there? No, for me, I totally agree with you. And it's just, it's unusual, 2023. Nobody thinks that they have anything to learn. You know, you know how things are. You know, you, you'd, it's, you'd be, it's rare that you'll see anybody going on and saying things like, I'm watching Mo Salah, I'm watching this fella, I'm watching. He seems to watch, as Trev says, he's watching everybody. But he's admitting it and he's talking about it. I just think he's a complete breath of fresh air. The young has nothing to say other than talk about other people. He doesn't seem to have an agent. He only seems to have his father. And it's just it's just lovely. To, you know, you'd, you'd love a squad full of them. You'd love a squad. You know, we're all tired of listening to the stories of this fella coming in, making this demand, that demand. And they haven't half his talent. I mean, I don't care what people say. People talk about physicality. Let me tell you something about physicality, in my view. And I said this before. Fellas like Javier Mascherano needed to be physical because they didn't have a brain. You, you know, people say, whenever I'm well, always I think that's wearing, a bit harsh. I don't think yeah, he had well, in my opinion, that creative opinion, side of his game. In my opinion, if you end up under, underneath fellas, it's because your timing's wrong, your position is wrong, and you have to make those tackle, tackles because your position is not right. If you're like a shabby, shabby, shabby for example... It wasn't physical at all. Could barely run. But this, he he just watched the game constantly. For me, Elliot, you know, it's he's not unphysical, but it's a it's a breath of fresh air. People were going on the other day about Ducardi and how great he is. Ducardi, you put Ducardi in a side that is expected to play football. You put Caicedo in a side mm. that is expected to play football, and he struggles. Why? Because you know. I just think it's 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 almost like the onus is on you now to create something and you don't have that. So it's nice to see fellas like Harvey that can actually create something having watched it. I'm, you know, I, I've never been a fan of it. Oh, he's great in the tackle, therefore he's a great player. If a fella is in tackles all the time because his positioning is not right. And I just love, I mean, Gagpo is another example. Gagpo for me is not the most physical fella in the world either. But some of the positions he took up, some of, the, of his movement, you know, he was probably the only player that I looked at in that in that dreadful seventy six minutes and went, Jesus, that fella can play. The rest of us look like statues. But Elliot, keeping it positive, Elliot for me, sky's the limit with that kid. Sky's the limit. Yeah, like Trev, you, we say the sky's the limit, but do we still have to show? You know, be a little bit careful with him because it would be very easy to, you know, if we're flying, even if we're flying this season. Right, and I'm not saying we don't have the confidence in him to put him in, but even if we're flying this season, we come into a big game, you know, and it's a real pressure cooker game. We could be going for a title. Do we need to be careful with him in them sort of circumstances as well? Because as much as all these players are around him, and and Salah seems to love him, and he loves Salah, and Salah's telling him stop eating all the bread, don't eat the bread, fucking one slice of bread, relax, right? Things like that, right? 
Ronald Marcy's level, he's, you know, positions where to look, where not to go, blah, 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 blah. We still need to be careful because as much, I think he's being brilliant off the bench. The tired legs thing, I just think he, he gets to the speed of the game very quickly. Do you know what I mean? We still have to be a little bit careful with him. And I have no problem with him doing this for the rest of the season. And he shouldn't either, I don't think. Exactly that. It's If it's not broke, why try and fix it? It's working to a treat at the minute. We're getting the results, yes. But even if you weren't getting the results, if he was coming in and affecting games and you could see what he was trying to do, you let it happen. Like, you look at him in midfield and it's, I genuinely looked at him on Saturday and it was a cameo. But he was so good in the cameo of everything. As I said, I pointed him out to me, young fella. So I kind of was watching him the whole time. You look at, and we had this conversation with, or you had that conversation with Trent. And like we all know what Shawnee thinks of Trent and in midfield and trying to turn on the ball and play the six. I, you put Elliot into any position in that midfield, the way he's playing, and he just does it because he's that good. But I think we, your aunt, your question is, do we have to be careful of him? Yeah, we do have to be careful of him. He's only a kid. But if it came down to Sunday and we were nil all or one all and, and we had 10 minutes to go and we needed to change the game, he's no doubt in my mind that he would be definitely the first off the bench. If not, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you'd obviously look at a striker there and you think, right, I'll have to affect it. We had Jota, obviously, oh, he's injured at the minute or Gak, but I'd be looking at the likes of him treading the balls through to Darwin or whoever it may be, or, or, or Mo. It's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, because Keith does feel like <clears throat> we talked last night, and Keith was like, "Look, he, he feels like he's the first off the rank um, for any in any mm. period of the game." And I think one thing, and look, I'm not I'm not telling tales here. Me and Shani have had loads of conversations going back to last year about Harvey Elliott, and Shani had his doubts, and he said, "Look, he's making me fucking eat me words, like you know, in in extra portions here." But the one thing about it was, Shani felt, "Can he do the other side of the game?" You know. Our teams, um, you know, targeting him when he plays, go down that side, will Elliot be able to keep up with you? But the biggest thing to come out of this season for me, and don't get me wrong, the cameo, passing, moving, opening space, scoring, whatever it might be, right? You get to one of Wolves as well, I think, earlier on in the season. Mm. Um, but the biggest thing for me is, is work rate and his understanding of what Liverpool are trying to do off the ball. That's been the biggest thing for me. Like, I've, I've come away from loads of games where I haven't turned around with, Jesus, that bottom Harvey Elliott was brilliant. Jesus, that cross or that pass or that true baller. I've actually come away going, Jesus, he's covering some amount of ground. He's cutting off so many lanes. He's doing so much. And I think that's the biggest thing. The understanding. And I, I think what you'll find with him is as this midfield progresses, i.e. McAllister, Gravenberch, Endo, Sobersloy, Jones, you know, um, there's, there's a few more in there, like I always forget, right? Um, as these progress and find their way, right? And be, you're comfortable with them in there. I think you'll actually see Harvey Elliott probably starting more games because instead of risking a young fella and putting too much pressure on him and combining that with two lads that are new, you'll have two lads that are well up to the pace. Like I think in six months time, you could easily go, Harvey Elliott's playing and you're just, you're picking McAllister. Are you going with Sobosler or Gravenberch? Are you going with Jones or are you going with Boychetich or are you going with Thiago comes back? Who are you going with? I think it could be one of those where you go, he's definitely playing. We're absolutely, these know exactly what they're doing now. He, he's definitely playing. And I think I just, I, I love him. Uh, P says, I've said it before. Harvey was a victim of circumstance last year. Injuries plus senior players being absolute dog shit meant he was overplayed. This year he's been managed responsibly. And I think, I think that's that's spot on. It's absolutely spot on. And you know what? I just hope he stays fit. I hope he stays healthy. I hope he keeps progressing with those twenty ones because he's becoming massive for them twenty ones every game as it goes on. And as the season goes on, you're gonna have suspensions, you're gonna have injuries, and if he's fit, you'll play him. There's no way there's there's no way Klopp won't play him from the start. I don't I don't think he's looking at him going, he's not a starter. I just think right now the way the chemistry of this squad is made up, he just suits to come in and inject something into the team because he's injecting something that he knows how what he's doing. You know what I mean? Sobo's lawyer is being brilliant. He's falling off a little bit because I think he's going through a bit of a learning process. He's in the next stage of that learning process. Endo is just get in, do the job and get out. Gravenberch, I think, physically is still getting used to what we do and I think the break will do him great in the new year. So there's loads going on there. McAllister's picked it up over the last little while because I think he's learning all the time. So... But with Harvey Elliott, I just think, as he is, fine. But don't be surprised 
as the season rolls on, he does get more starts and he starts influencing games for a longer period of time rather than being on for 70 and going, and he was all right for 10 and he comes on now for 25 and you're like, he was brilliant. I think he'll start influencing him for 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes and then you go, here, come off. We're patrolling on bleeding. Graven Bird's still run at them now. You know, sort of yeah. way. So I think, good topic, Keith, or uh, P. I've called you Keith. I've called him Kev. I don't know what the fuck. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, you don't call me too early in the morning, says you. Yeah. Anyway, um, listen, all we can say, best of luck to Harvey Elliott. Keep doing what you're doing. And like I said, he's in no rush. He has, they have all the confidence in the world in him. And he, he can be a Liverpool player for the next 10 years plus. So there's no hurry to go to get where you're going to. Um, Go on, I'm, I'll go next because I want to leave the the, the trails one to, to last. Right, I'm gonna go next. And what I what right, this is this is kind of a, a, a an annoyance more than anything else. Right, so I mightn't take long to get through this one. <laughs> Why are people ignoring the rules of football in order to like you know push their narrative? Like, are we just come to the stage now? Like, look, listen. We have we have people out there that just say stuff for the sake of stay, saying it because they get reaction and they get this, right? We know that. Push that to the side for a minute. We ha- we know all this. It's the world we live in. It's the culture we live in. That's the way it is, right? <clears throat> say this for clicks. Say this for this. Say this for that. Right? I'm, forget that. Why are we ignoring the rules of football? Why We're literally ignoring them now. So... You know what I mean? A fella gets sent off. Ah, look, um, I think he was brilliant today, and I don't think that was a red. But, but he punched him in the head. Ah, yeah, but he was. But my narrative is he's great, so mm. I'm ignoring them punching him in the head. Bit. So he never done that before. So let yeah, him yeah, no, so play. A, a couple of things, right? A couple of things, and to bring it up, right? So first of all, and I know I'm going to spark Chris Brack off here, but your man on B- TNT the other day, oh. right? Your man on TNT the other day start going on about the paying public wanting to see this down the other. Like he basically said, the paying public don't want to see a fella get a second yellow card, right? Well, <laughs> well, they kind of do because the paying public yeah. know the rules of football and if you do that, you're off, right? If uh, IU does that in the first 15 minutes of the game, he gets a yellow card. He gets a yellow card. I've seen people saying um, he was halfway inside his own half we had loads of men back. He wasn't gone by him. And then someone showed this fella a still shot and went, mate, there's seven players. He's gold side of 70 or 60 old players. And another one our picture is your forward. That's seven. So there's only fucking four players he has between him and the goal. So he is on the break. He's literally in the circle of the halfway line. So he's not miles inside his own half. And this fella just couldn't get his head around this. So I was like, well, that's what you've ignored there, right? Then you have... Um, and I seen it was from an Everton fan today where he said he put up three pictures and he said two of these were players sent off for um, basically aggressive behavior, right? The hand and the yeah, so the Corey on Kane, um, it was um, Rodri on Gibbs White, I think, from mm-hmm. Forest, and they both were sent off for that, mm-hmm. right? And the third one is your man Jackson off Chelsea with his hand around, I think it's Parsons' throat, um, his neck. I think around his neck and the game, and I'm like, okay. But we just ignore that. We just ignore that. Ah, look, you know, Everton won, it's all right. No, the rules of the game are, if you're going on this, that's a fucking sending off, right? Mm. So we're ignoring that. Then we get on to Newcastle and Spurs, right? And um, your man Romero, who's only back with three game ban, by the way. He's a brain. Decides, decides now that he's just going to stand all over people when they're on the ground, and then take a swipe at them as they try to get back up. That's all right. Sure, he was sent off already. It's all right. What? What's going on here? Then you go to Villa Park. Jesus gets a touch on a ball, right? And I think it's um, the midfielder. No, the midfielder. I think it was the midfielder. What's his name? Yeah, the defensive midfielder. He's really good. His name's completely gone in my head. Diego Costa. Douglas Costa. Douglas Costa. Brilliant, by the way. Douglas Costa kicks him in the back of the leg and then kind of goes, oh, I didn't do anything. And people yeah. are like, ah, oh, no, there's nothing in it. it completely ignored the rules of the game. He's made contact. He's forced him. He, he's done that. Now, at the same time, if you go back to the the, the Quansom one for Liverpool against Palace, he mm. kicks your man, right? Barely. He, he makes enough contact with him. Your man kicking the ball away from goal rather than towards the goal. But again, 
we're ignoring the rules. So the rule happens over here, and then you go, well, look at that one. It's the exact same as what's happened with Kwanzaa. Ah, no, no, no. Should we want Villa to win? You know, like, whatever narrative is here, if Villa win, blah, blah, blah. We want Villa to win, so that's not a penalty. Do you get me? Then, then your man, go back to your man Fletch. Your man Fletch, a header by, um, again, the centre half off Palace. I don't remember their names. He's, he gets a header. It gets saved by Allison. And he was like, oh, imagine if that went in. I mean, like, well, it was offside. But he just completely ignored the offside thing. Mm. He didn't say at any stage, actually, do you know what? That shouldn't even be a corner. He's offside. No, he was all just into the corner. All about the fucking corner and what, you know, um, what's going on. So that's where I am on it. Now, I don't want to get into people saying things for the sake of saying things. I'm saying the rules of football are either changing on a weekly basis or we're ignoring them in order because you have a, a point of view. And if you can back that point of view up with facts and, you know, uh, you know, uh, examples, fine. But people are going away from that. They're literally just going, um, oh, I don't care about your example. They're completely like null and voids what I'm saying. I'm just ignoring it. Pete, that we're genuinely ignoring it. Yeah. It's the it's, listen, the whole thing is driven. I told you it's another reason why I'm, I just, I can't be arsed watching it sometimes. I mean, give me, there's, they show, there's a channel that shows the SBL somewhere online with no comment, no commentary. No, it's terrible football. But I prefer it. I, I prefer it because you, you don't have to listen to, I don't know, Gary Neville groaning. Even Jamie Carragher groaning. You, know, you don't have to listen to it. It's this whole selective outrage, you know. You know, managers coming on and saying and, and, and telling you what their position is and then two weeks later saying something completely different. It's just, for me, it's boring. I, give me the old days when somebody would turn around and say, listen, we got away with it. We got away. But you're never going back to that, Pete. Because I'll tell you why. And I don't, you know, just I'm like you, Gav. Can't listen to it. Can't listen to somebody turning around and saying, "Oh, uh, that's a disgraceful red card." You know, it's the whole plucky underdog syndrome. I watched Sheffield United the other night, Gav. I swear to God, (coughs) there was three of them at one stage, literally lined up, young McAllister, and just kicked them. Three of them. And the whole, the commentary, yeah, that's that's what you have to do. You know, when you're up against the big boys, you have to let them have it. Yeah, if that's Endo, for example, or Nunes, and he does something like that, it's like, oh, how dare he? Nunes has a lot to learn. These pe- people don't even realise that they're being in any way biased. They don't realise. You know, and it, it's it's laughable at this. They can't even listen. Like, McCullough says, oh, now, because, he, I mean, He's been systematic. He was systematically kicked out of those games in the, across those two games. He couldn't even stand at the end of the Sheffield United game. But that's okay because Sheffield United are plucky underdogs. Forget the rules. Forget kicking them, standing on them, doing whatever you can. Treat them, line them. Forget it because it's Liverpool. But, but, it's a big but, club. But, but, that's what you have to do. I've I've given I've given one example how Arsenal should have had a penalty right in the same game. Havertz makes uh, flashes a header that hits Matty Cash right. Point blank, arms down by his side, point blank, hits him. It then falls up and it hits Havertz, I think, twice on the arm as his ball's dropping. It's hitting his arm, it hits his arm again and he puts it in the net. And people are like, oh, this is fuck. Like, I seen one fella basically going, this is corruption. The PGMOL have decided it'll be Liverpool's title this year. And I was like, are you off your fucking mallet? Like, honest to God, right? The rules of the game are, if it touches your hand as a forward in any way in the box that leads to a goal, it's not a goal. That's the fucking rule. Now, same thing with the Bournemouth. They should have scored a fourth goal at Old Trafford. The very same yeah. thing. But, the, but this can't benefit from it, ball. You cannot benefit. Exactly. Right? So if you go back to Liverpool get a goal that's allowed in um, Toulouse. Mm. Right? Because the ball mm. comes up and spins off McAllister's arm. There's eight, series, eight things at play and there's a goal. And they go back to it. But Liverpool, in essence, benefited from it. Right? So the, the whole idea is, is that Havertz goes up, heads it, right? It falls down, it hits his arm, it falls down, it hits his arm, and he puts it in the net. So the referee doesn't need any VAR. He goes, listen, hit your arm twice, and mm. it's gone in the net. Now, if that hits his arm twice and goes out for the corner, and Arsenal score from the corner, there's nothing you can do about it because he hasn't benefited directly from what's happened. Whether it's, whether it's, a, 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 you know, um, it's not meant, it's not intentional, right? Once it hits your arm or hits your hand and you score and you benefit from it, and you've literally got people saying corruption, 
Because this is the thing now. Everything is fucking corruption, right? And it's not. It's actually, they're just inadequate. They're, they're, they're not able. Um, and yeah, th- this is what I'm saying. So, Trev, like, how, look, my argument is, and Pete just said it, something there. My argument, Trev, is you're never going to get back to the old days where people, like Kev said, content creators are just refuse to call out what's right in front of their face, right? Now, that's a mixture of tribalism and it's a mixture of hold on if i call this out everything dampens down and people will stop watching or stop listening to me or stop following me on twitter or whatever but if i say this it'll blow up and hey that's fucking amazing i'll take hot take yeah we're never going to get away with this trap because you're even seeing now the people where you think do you know what he's really fucking good but now they're all being just they're all just being brainwashed into doing this and the biggest two for me is ali mccoist and um, Drury, that's gone to Sky. Drury is slowly but surely just turning in to, to uh, you know, a Sky puppet. It's never going to go back to the way it was, Trev, ever. We were, I was watching the Sheffield United game the other night, and um, I don't know what commentator was on. Uh, but anyway, Sheffield United were breaking, kind of breaking, kind of on the left side, Trent side. And it was a, a point where they had a 2v1 on, on Van Dijk. And Dyke done what he'd done a couple of years ago against, and he held his position and he's like, right, you're right footed, so I know you want to show this way, so I'm gonna show, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off here, game of chicken here, who's gonna win? Your man cut inside and Van Dyke cleared it. Brilliant defender. What's the commentator say? Definitely Coco it was. It was him. Oh, that's that's shocking defending, that is. Virgil van Dijk never wants to cover, cover the cross and help his teammates. That's shocking. He got away with it that time. And I'm like, that's... You show, you show a child that sort of defending, and you say, you can do that, you'll go far. And here's Efenokoko, who was, let's be honest, an average forward, tell him... He's an Olympic sprinter, Efenokoko. He was very fast. That's it. That's about it. Well, I tell you one thing, he could. He doesn't know how to defend the ball because it was magnificent defending. And them days now that are like, and he's not even the main co- commentator. Like these are the co-coms, and like that, he's talking as if I guarantee he puts down the headphones after that and the microphone, thinking I've done a brilliant job tonight, and it's shocking because people that don't understand football or are listening to it or watching it will probably go, Jesus, yeah, that, you're right. Like that's fine if you're going to be that fickle about it, but my God, it's it's gone. Everything has gone bad. You just mentioned Peter Drury. I used to love him when he was doing the, oh, the American comment. Yeah, when he was doing the American commentating, he was brilliant. La- even, that was only even last year. Yeah, yeah as you yeah. say, he's turned into Martin Tyler two point already. It's scary. I think he is. I think he is because yeah. I remember watching him against um It was Arsenal against United, and Drury mm. is very kind of you know this is what's happening. He tell he does what commentators meant to do. He tells yeah, you what's happening on the pitch. The co-com is there to give his opinion, right? The commentator is there to tell you what's happened. He's commentating on a game. Mm-hmm. Right? He's not adjudicating. He's commentating. Mm-hmm. The co-commentator is there to say, he's an ex-footballer. And you go, oh, that's really good. Blah, 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 blah. But the thing, with the, the one with Van Dyke, right? I'm in, everyone's in numerous WhatsApp groups or whatever it might be. And as soon as that happened, I must have had four or five groups lighting up going, Jesus Christ, what defending that is. Because mm. if Virgil van Dijk sprints over to McAtee, I think was your man's name. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. yeah. If he sprints across to him, your man just literally plays a simple ball across and the other forward is the, I can't remember the fellow that was playing in front. He's in. Archer. Was it Archer? Was it Archer that at the time? Archer's a flying machine. Yeah, he's in. Yeah. Right. But what Virgil does is Virgil goes, fuck, it's gone in behind. I don't know where my partner is here. Right, I'll have to trust that he's going to get back here. Right mm-hmm. now, Virgil's the left centre back. Right, but it's obviously gone beyond the two boys. And he says, "I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just block the passing lane to this fella, and I'll just watch this fella. And as soon as he gets close enough, and it's all about backing your goalkeeper as well. Virgil's mm-hmm. done this for years. Back your goalkeeper. But if he takes a heavy touch or a touch wide, I'm going to hit him." And as soon as your man McAtee takes that touch, he goes bang and he hits him. And who's the fault? I think it falls to Trent. I think it actually Mm. falls to the Liverpool player getting back. It's brilliant defending. But instead of, instead of saying it's brilliant defending and looking at it, this fella goes, oh, Mm. wide open, jammy because, and he knows, Mm. he, they all know now, they all go into this with a narrative in their head of what they're going to push this evening. And they'll have little pressure points where they'll know, oh, ping, bingo. They play bingo. And that's what they do. Um, when they play bingo, they know. Efren Koku knows he's going around the world. 
about Virgil van Dijk. Gary Neville does it all the time. Gary Neville shows up at a game and you know his narrative from the first time he opens his fucking Lasers. to the last one. You know what I mean? So mm. I, I just think, I honestly think that they're ignore, people are just ignoring rules now. Like, if I, look, honestly, and this is the God honest truth, if I come on here and me and you, the three of us are on here, and you said, one of you said to me, um, reverse the, reverse the whole situation. So say for argument's sake, we lose 2 1 on Saturday, right? And Endo gets done for blocking a free kick, which you're going to get a yellow for, and pulling the fella back on the halfway line. And one of you's turning around and being goes, ah, look, come on, he's on a yellow, it's not really a second. If it wasn't me, it'd be someone else going, would you ever fucking give over? It's a yellow card. So I don't, like, I don't know. Are we too naive to fucking sit here and say that? No, I don't no, know what it is. It's just we're just ignoring rules for the sake of it now. Well, you 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 hit the nail on the head earlier on when you said that the days of just commentating on the game are over. Channels are now looking to. I mean, news channels in general are trying to set the narrative. You only have to look at Fox News in the United States. They're not trying to comment. I mean, there was a there was a debate between a guy called Gavin Newsom, who's the the governor of California, and Ron DeSantis, who's an idiot from Florida, the governor of Florida, presidential candidate. And are the you media Trump into this? No, 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 no. I'm not going to talk Sorry. about Trump at all. The mediator is a guy from Fox News, um, a guy called Sean Hannity. Now, despite having an Irish name, he's a complete muppet. Now, his job as a mediator was to sit between the two boys and be completely even-handed. But because he's a Republican, as most Fox News contributors are, he couldn't help but jump onto the Republican side and was setting an agenda and trying to trying to prep up Ron DeSantis, who's a, a weirdo. My point is, news channels aren't news channels anymore. Sky Sports is not a, a, a news channel anymore. It is an agenda-setting exercise. That's that's what it is. The whole thing is about setting agenda. And your, your exemplar is Peter Drury, who was is one of the last of the greats, and then got his brief from Sky, and then all of a sudden was like, "Here's your brief for this week." Here's I know. Your brief sorry, I was going. I was going to say to you. I noticed it again. Arsenal against United. Arsenal against United. Peter Drury was getting all involved in in the VAR and what's going to happen, and, and then he started saying, "Now remember, we only hear." What he says directly to the referee, we don't hear what. And I was kind of going, "What are you telling us that for?" Mm. Because you never said that before. Liverpool and Spurs, or you know, you know, and I, but I think it was off the back of Liverpool and Spurs that happened. And you were kind of going, "Why, why are you saying this now?" Do you know what I mean? And when he said that, I said to myself, "Ah, forget it." You know what I mean? You get a few nuggets out of him now, but he's he's gone. He probably can't be yeah. helped. Um, but look, it, it was just something that it was just something that I wanted to um. Talk about, and I'm sorry for bringing her up because you know, I got very no, you didn't. Last one, Trev, throw it at us, Jesus. Right, well, so looking at looking ahead to January, right? So you look at all the squads, right? Obviously, we'll focus on Liverpool, but you look at all across what's going on, New, the Newcastle, and, and all these teams, and West Ham, you could even say that are going tin with their squads. And squad depth and all that. Right. So we're looking at Liverpool. We're looking at the, the midfield. It's gelling nicely. It's coming along well. We have forwards that they're not hitting form. However, we're getting the results. So that'll, and, and look, they're, they're world class. So it'll, it'll come good. What do we do? Do we look at, or why are we going to do anything? I obviously there was talk of, um, What's his name? And Andre from uh, Fluminense. Fluminense. I don't know whether that's that seems to have gone, gone uh, dead in the water or quiet. Anyway, obviously with the old Joe Matta thing, I think it's certainly something that we may look at. I don't know. Um, you look at Nat Phillips up in Celtic. It looks like he may be coming back in in January. But as somebody said to me, if Nat Phillips can't get into the Celtic team to play in the Scottish League, should he be coming back at all? And it's not like he hasn't had his chance. And look, I'm not digging out Nat Phillips by any means. We all remember how important he was to Liverpool only a couple of years ago. But in saying that, we're trying to push on. We are trying to get to the next level again, and we're not far off it. So what do we do? What positions do we look at? P, do we do anything? And if we do, what do we do? There's a lot of deals in there. Do do. I just think... You know, I remember when we we threw they they went out they went out, who was the Turkish kid they brought in never ended up playing a game the a young fella another young and the and, and the other young fella um that we got in 
ended up at Rangers. I think he's at Rangers Davis. now. I just it doesn't work unless unless you you've really kind of it's part of the plan. I think you've just got to trust what's there. And if you had have asked me this before, listen, I'd prefer Bajicic to come back in and maybe give him a run at centre back because he is a natural centre back as well as being a brilliant defensive midfielder. I'd, I'd rather go what's there than be panicking. If you had have asked me this two years ago, of course we were on our knees, but it's, we're not on our knees. I think we've got to trust what's there. There's a reason why that Quanta is has been given game. He was unlucky with the time, but I think he is has the potential to be. I, I don't, I don't agree with. I don't. I've seen us do it. Doesn't we're not the sort. For example, we're not the sort of club who can go out and loan a player. It's just not in us. Other clubs can do it. We don't seem to be able to go out and loan a player. It just doesn't work. You're either Liverpool or you're not. I'd rather, to be honest, I'd rather go, unless something drastic happens. Yeah, but you're also go, available for loan for a reason as well. Yeah, mm. yeah exactly. Because you're no use to anybody else. So for me, no, I'd rather go what we have. I mean, the lads, you got to trust. At, one stage, at some stage, you got to trust what's coming through and you got to trust what you have. Now Phillips is at Celtic for a reason. That You know, I like him. That's his level. Long goal yesterday. They got beat. Yeah, well, that can happen. That can happen. You know, can manage just, I'm just worried about. It's not. It's not. I know what we have the quality there. What would you do? At, You've asked the question, but what would you do? Yeah. Well, I, my only fear is Canate is made of biscuits at times, you know, and I, and he's not being not that he's not being informed. I'm I'm a huge fan of Canate. Kwanzaa, amazing. I'm just. I'm not even. We're not. We're not hitting the panic button. Are we looking at like? I don't think Joe Gomez is a centre back, and uh, he's just on the turn. He's just. I don't know. He, he just. He seems to have found his, his position. He's done very well on Saturday. I don't know. I wouldn't, by Chetich, I, I certainly wouldn't see that coming into the centre half. I, I know we're talking about, we said it earlier on, physicality doesn't really matter. I know he can snap into a tackle, but he's been out for so long. He hasn't played first team football at the back. So I don't know about that. I don't know is the answer, Gav. It's stick or twist. And I can see sense on both sides. I can certainly see why Pete is saying, hold off. We have the players there. That absolutely makes sense. Um, but I suppose it is coming to the city season and people will start be, you know, putting out names. We don't normally buy into that. Um, happy not to do it again this year, but if we are to do it, is that it's probably the only position that we may do something. But again, I would not be surprised if we do nothing at all and hold off until the summer. Yeah, I think um, there's a couple of interesting aspects to this, right? Now, Kevin Sullivan has said if they don't register Matt for the second half of the season, it frees up a spot to go and do something if we wanted to. Mm. Um, uh, a couple of the lads there have mentioned uh, Reese Williams at Aberdeen, um, saying he hasn't got a kick and at Aberdeen and could be back in January. And the same with Nat Phillips, who looks like he's having a disastrous time at Celtic. Um, to be up to be to be fair, I've seen him two or three times and I've just went no. No, it's mm. just, it's, it's just not happening. And maybe he needs six months to get back into a rhythm. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they persevere. Maybe the deal is there. And um, for the year, I don't know. People, people that read more about this will be able to tell me. But the, if you look at Andre in the midfield, right? He was heavily linked in the summer. And then it went away. And the reason behind the going away apparently was is that Fluminense were in the Libertadores, didn't want to lose them, but they were very they would be open in January. And Liverpool apparently had gone, okay, fine. You know, we're not gonna get them. We know the money's not not an issue. We can go we could go and get them. I only see that happening if something happens with Thiago and they move him on and they're able to bring him in because I can't see Andre coming in in January anyway and, and being a massive force for Liverpool at the at the, in the second half of this season. He's played an awful lot of football. I think he continues to do so. And he will in the World Club Cup as well now in, in December. And I think if we were if we were to bring him in and Thiago was go off to Saudi or whatever, you go, fine. You had your eye on him. The player that you were probably looking to replace has gone and we bring him in. But if if Thiago if, if Thiago doesn't go anywhere, I can't see us doing Andre. And maybe, just maybe, it happens in the summer. Right? Uh, maybe he, he stays where he is and it happens in the summer. Centre-back wise, though, I would lean towards doing something. And the only reason I'm saying it is because, look, Gerard Quance is at the club and is fifth-choice centre-back, right? And all things said, none, he's fifth-choice centre-back, right? Probably fourth, right? Because Gomez seems to be doing left-back and right-back bits. And I'm with you on the centre-half, Joe Gomez thing. I just, 
I think he's lost that yard, and I think not even that. I think he's lost the confidence in himself to play there, right? Um, and he's doing a few bits at right back, and basically he's the only person there really to cover for Trent. You can go on about Sabah's Lloyd doing it or Endo doing it, but they're not going to. It's going to be Joe Gomez covering it right back, right? And Quance is there, and I love him. I don't think he, like the penalty aside the other day, that can happen to anyone. But I think overall mm. he's been excellent for Liverpool. But he's still so young, and. Mm. If Liverpool, Liverpool have gone into the season and went, we're happy with our four centre-halves and Gerald Quancy. We're happy with that and we're fine. That's absolutely fine. That's your decision. But one of them have gone now. And now you're three centre-halves and Gerald Quancy. And now with those three, you have Van Dijk, who's been, I think, excellent. I think you've Gomez, I think is very hit and miss, a centre-back. And I think you've Canate, who at times is excellent, sometimes way too rash. And mm. sometimes picks up injuries. I see him out for three and four weeks. And if you put all that into the pot, you end up with Jarrell Quanza playing an awful lot of games for Liverpool between now and the end of the season. Would he let you down? No. Is it too much to ask from? Maybe. So all I'm thinking is, and I'm not going to kick and scream in January for a centre-half because everyone fucking will, or loads of people will. And we do transfer shows in January and we don't put stuff up going, the latest on fucking thing, because we don't know anything. Right? Nobody does. But what we do is, if a name comes up, we'll take it and we go, what do you think? Hmm, yeah, interesting, don't, know, don't think it'll happen, but I'd love to see it happen, blah, blah, blah. That's the way we go with it. I think, and Kev make, makes a point um, earlier where he said, they were probably going to look at a centre-half in the summer anyway. When you look at Matip, the contract hasn't been signed, he's out of, he's out of a deal. Gomez, are he sure of, a, of him a centre-half? They were maybe going to do something. If they could bring him forward, they may. But if they can't, I think... They may hold their powder. Pete wants them to. I think they might just decide to because the right player isn't there. And people will shout and scream from the rooftops, what do you mean? Go out and get the right player. Pay the fucking money for them. Doesn't work like that. Simply doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? Matip is injured, but he's still being paid a hell of a lot of money every week. And Liverpool work on the amount of bodies that are there and being paid. That's how they work. Arge says... Klopp said we don't we won't sign anyone unless another player gets injured at the back. That was basically his quote, Gav. And maybe that's where he's gonna go with it. Maybe Jarrell Quance was a bonus at the start of the season, but it's turned into a very, very, very reliable option. And he's gone, Yeah, do you know what? I'm gonna go with it. The cup come back to haunt him at the end of the season where you go, yeah. we lost a couple of games because we were short at the back. But that's his yeah. job to do, not ours. We can sit and criticize it. That man makes the fucking decisions. And let's be honest. Nine times out of ten, he makes the right one, Trev. Yeah, look, look, we were only talking a few minutes ago about uh, Harvey Elliott and kind of not overplaying him and like it's coming along nicely and there's no pressure on him. Should be the same for Kwanzaa in a way. You know, you, every position in the, in, on the pitch is important, but if you're making a mistake at centre-half, it's a bit like, you know, the only worst place is a goalkeeper. Yeah. You're, you're, you're screwed. I'd just be worried in that sense uh, that it might be a bit too much. Does it look like it's going to bother him? It hasn't up to now. But who knows if the if it gets hot and heavy and he has to be relied on. I'd just be a bit wary of that. So again, I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm actually on the fence for both. Like I can see both sides. But how often do you get a bar from Van Dijk get an L centre half at Christmas time and it works out well? But they're very few and far between. Um. We just have to wait and see. As you say, in Capri Trust, he won't get it wrong. Never yeah, does. like it's, 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 for me, it's, he, the way Klopp may look at it is, <coughs> if he keeps two of these fit for the season, constantly, and the other two walk off, basically, yeah. basically if he keeps Van Dijk fit, and maybe Canate fit, they play, but he, he plays Kwanzaa and Gomez when he's, need, when they're needed, and at times. And, like, I don't mean to piss on Joe Gomez. I thought he was brilliant the way he came on the other night. But I would have Quanza in before Gomez. Yeah. Because I think he's I think he's physically better than him. I think he's as quick as him. And I think he's killer under pressure. He makes less mistakes. And but I don't want but against that, I don't want to see I don't want to get to the end of the season Jarrell Quanza's made fifty appearances for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Because if Jarell, because I think it's too much of him. But then again, I could be sitting here amazed, done 50 fucking appearances, we won the league and who gives a fuck? Do you know what I mean? But it's just track record and centre-backs that make an awful lot of appearances. It can hurt yeah. them in the long run. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, all I'm yeah. saying. Pete, what kind of, um, are we all kind of in a roundabout way saying we don't think we'll do anything? It's, no, it, yeah. 
you know, it's more he's more likely to strengthen up, up top, to be honest, because he's probably thinking we're struggling to break teams down. Sometimes we need, I mean, well, I'd be thinking if I was him, God, you know, Nunes misses an awful lot of chances in, in the bread and butter games. And maybe he's thinking, you know, with Jordan not being fit, maybe he needs another option up top before he needs, uh, you know, a defender. You know, but bringing in a centre-half, I mean, we've the best, def- I think we've the best defence in the league. Did we? Has anyone going to see the less goals? Yeah, I think, I think we might be second in the league. Uh, maybe we are the best defensive in the league. I think I, I know Newcastle and City were down there, but Newcastle have been hopped off seven goals in the last two games. We, we, we're certainly there or thereabouts. I don't, just don't see the need. It, you know, it's not like... You know, with a goalkeeper like him, listen, you don't want to over-rely on him either. But, you know, he he, he breeds confidence in, in those in front of him. I'd be more, more concerned about the chances that we miss, to be honest. We miss far too many chances. I'd be more concerned about getting that part of me. Yeah, I think I think when when you look up the top of the pitch, um, the fluidity has to come back for me. I think... We're, we're always at our best when it's like one pass, next pass, bang, someone's taking a shot or someone's, you know, we're in behind someone, two passes and we're in behind and then we're, we're, we're away. Whereas I feel we just, we're not slowing our game down. I just think we're looking for that extra angle or that extra pass. We're trying to overplay it and it doesn't suit us. It doesn't simply, it doesn't suit us. And that's, and the funny thing is we're getting a lot of goals now where it's just kind of, oh, you know what? We're not trying the extra pass. You give it to him and he's just launching it in the, in the, in, into the goal. Um, don't get me wrong, I don't think we've been brilliant in front of the goal this season, but I think, I don't mind that because it can be fixed and we know we've the players there to be fixed. My big worry is we weren't getting the chances and we weren't on top of teams. I'd be kind of going, these are all over us and we're doing nothing. In the Do you know what I mean? Whereas, um, I said it last night, if it's a technical thing, it can be worked on. I'd be up the walls if we were looking like we were bleeding goosed after 80 minutes every game but we're not yeah. we're stronger and stronger than the team so a technical thing I'm absolutely fine with and I think just the way these fixtures have landed they're two tough home games three tough home games in the, in the next three and people are writing off United and United are going to come and lie, sit down in front of bleeding the, the, the cop end for 90 minutes that's what they're going to do um, and it's going to be a much harder game than people think and it'll actually suit them that they, they'll go there like fucking, yeah. you know, like timid dogs because they, they're they much better on the break than they are trying to play football. Once you know you'd open up and play football, you'll kill them because you'll overrun them. You don't track anyone. Uh, the way to beat them is give them the ball. Well, I wouldn't say the way to beat them is, is to give them the ball. I think the way to beat them is, is to is to is to be really intense and really yeah. like on them all the time. Like there's a, there's a real possibility we could be sitting here on 80 on Sunday and they'll all. Mm. Or one nil down yeah. because because they've absolutely just put Harry Maguire and someone else in the middle of the box and they're not they're making us go wide they're making us cross and he just wants to head it although he he's not really good at that either I think people that's a myth from people as well or there's a possibility we would be sitting here on Sunday 15 minutes in the game and Liverpool are training it up because Liverpool have just gone down man we are just going to run all over you and you're not going to know where to look but Same. the game could go either way. You know, but I just think it's landed well now where we can work on a few things. This tours the off, I think, is really good. And it's not a tours the off officially. But I think it's oh, just, the kids, yeah. Yeah, but I think it'll work in our advantage. But look, um, you know, there's people there saying, uh, sorry, I don't want to get the name wrong. Um, I think it was Andrew Dan said, look, we don't want to be left short in um, our joint best defence with Arsenal, 15 goals. Yeah, just looking at that, 15 yeah. each, Gav, yeah. and then City are 18. Everything yeah. are 20. Yeah. Believe it or not. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I think it was Andrew Dan said we don't want to get left short in the title race. But that's up to the manager. Yeah. Like the manager has admitted in the past where he's gone wrong. But again, we're going to get back to, listen, when that happens, Matt, they're probably looking going, right, who do we want to send to half? Is he available? And Klopp said it the other day. Who's going to sell a top, top, top centre-back in January? They just don't. Because if he's a top, top, top centre-back, he's probably playing in the Champions League. He's probably still in the fucking thing. And six months wait for me for six months I'll come and play for you but I'm in the Champions League and no offence you're not do you know that sort of way so it's it's, it's a bit of a mad one but look um, it is something that's going to go on throughout January I just want look forget the transfers I mean, we only brought this up tonight because the Matip thing and looking forward to it and fair play to Trevor bringing it up because it does give us a chance to look at it and just get opinion but when it comes to January and we're doing a show or two shows a week, you're not going to get us where we're going to tell you. We know everything that's going on. It's just not how we work. It simply isn't. Um, last thing before we run, 
Um, the the Anfield Road End, they done a, a oh, test yeah. on it tonight. Um, and fair play to Luke. Luke that's on it on this channel. He was there. He sent us a few videos. We popped them onto social media. Klopp being interviewed and the stand itself and stuff. But uh, Trev, like, I don't think you can downplay this either. This is another big, massive stand at Anfield that's going to be predominantly filled by Liverpool fans. And before we know it, it won't be fifty-four thousand in the ground. It'll be sixty-one. Um, it's another little, a nice little bump, isn't it? It's huge. Um, and am I right in saying there's got to be potentially 7,000 extra seats for this Sunday? Oh, apparently. Yeah. Um, well, no. I think it's been opened on a phase basis. I think, I want to say one part of it won't be open. It's a stay, it's, it's, a, it's a staggered opening to it. Yeah. So the, the ground, the, I think the, the whole over thing, overall thing brings an extra 7,000 seats. Okay. Right. To the stadium. Because the Anfield Road was obviously there before. I think there might be an extra 4,000 tickets this okay. weekend. And then it'll gradually Massive. move up to that extra seven. I'm still not able to get a ticket for me. Oh. Huh? Yeah. Uh, we'll keep working on it. No, yeah. look, it's it, horrible it, 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 this massive. season trying to get tickets with this week yeah, closed. And it will really be until difficult. it reopens fully. Yeah, no, but look, um, you don't, do we really, if you can't get up for the United game and where we are, but it'll be just amazing. It's going to be, 57,000, 57,000 at the game. 57. I just think what you were saying about the, you know, what way will it go and it could be nil all coming up to the end of the game. I'd say if we go for them early on, because they're not going to come out with us, simple as that. So we start, we start quick. Nobody's going to catch us. So I genuinely hope, I'm not saying we will, but I hope he just, you know, we always had about clapping and letting the shackles off against United. And it was always a thing that he never really done, but he started doing it in the last few years. He needs to do it on Sunday. Now, but in saying that, like what you're saying, Gav, I don't think this will be as easy as everyone's thinking it'll be. So a bit of balance to it, but Jesus, we have to go with them because they have zero confidence and we have to just pounce on that. Can I ask you a question, Trev? Do you go think on. Do you think uh, Bruno Fernandes got himself suspended deliberately? Because I do. What? Oh, a million percent. I do. I think. I, yeah. I think he's the the biggest the biggest con job that guy is ever to put on any jersey of any respectable team. I think he deliberately went out and got he, Look, he, the chance. Look, you could easily put it to him. Put it to uh, you know. Put that f- opinion forward that he done it on purpose, right? Um, and look, this is the fella that gave up our Anfield last year. And then gave, got given the club captaincy. So that tells you where they are at the moment. But it's not even that. If he doesn't do it on purpose, right? Eric Ten Hag is gone. Yeah, what are you doing? Mm. And the thing is, he knows he's on four cards going into that game. Because we see it every week, don't we? Oh, this fella's on four. If he gets booked there, he's going to miss that game. And, you know, oh, he'd be better off getting him on the next game because he won't miss this. We know how that works. And the manager of Manchester United, after handing him the club captaincy, after he literally walked around Anfield for a half an hour. And I know he did because I was standing there watching him doing it, right? And off camera, he was walking. It was a joke. Like, it was actually disgraceful the way he was carrying on. He was on the sideline at the main stand, throwing his arms around when the ball was over the other side of the pitch. It was horrendous. He hands him the club captaincy. And the first chance they have to go back to Anfield and kind of, you know, show some fight and kind of make up for what happened there last season. This club captain, and he used that in inverted commas, this club captain on four bookings gets booked for dissent. 3-0 down at fucking home to Barmouth. But Gav, he knows, like you said, that he knows he's on four cards. I know every game in the Premiership is important, but he also knows it's Liverpool United in the next game. And as you say, all that combined just shows what a brain dead person he is. Like, if, 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 that, like if, that, if that game was 1 0 and it was a ding dong game and he goes into attack with someone, catches them late, you go, you know, he's had to get him booked. It's a mad game. They're trying to fight their way back into the game. But they're 3 0 down. Gav, the three he, he knows, and he, he, he knows, melted the ref. A 3-0 down, he knows. If you he really if he wanted to play against Liverpool, he'd have stuck up his hand and went held his tie and went, I need to come off. Yeah. He he knows exactly what he's done there. He or, exactly. or, or as a captain, he could turn around and go, Listen, we're three 0 down, there's five minutes to go. Take me off with you. Yeah. Because I'm gonna get booked here and I don't want to be because I want to lead this team into Anfield next week. But you know I, actually think, I actually think I actually think it makes them better next week. I think it actually yeah. makes them uh, well, stronger. Well, 
Yeah. Forces their hands. They have um, to. I was going to say that, Gav. I was going to say, the funny thing is, it'll probably make them stronger. But also, the, the mad thing about it, and we bring it back to the whole uh, opinions on football and people just making things up. You'll have United fans, hopefully Liverpool get the win, but you'll have United fans coming around now on Sunday evening saying, ah, but if Bruno was playing, it would have been different. Yeah. <laughs> it's mad. Bruno was playing at Anfield last yeah. year. Yeah. Like well, well Jackson Jack Santini Jack says, and we'll finish up on this. He says, "I've never been so confident about a match versus them lot ever. The <laughs> boys just need to be professional and get the job done. Don't care by how many. There's loads of that going around, right? And listen, all things being equal, Liverpool just go out and dispatch Manchester United at the weekend, right? But having said that, right, Liverpool haven't been the best of form themselves. They're, they're racking up points, but they've been they can see a tree a half to Fulham, right?" <laughs> And the only thing that will do Liverpool this weekend against Manchester United is their attitude. If Liverpool go out there and score after 10 minutes and go, ah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. They're in trouble. If Liverpool mm. go out and score after 10 minutes and after 20 minutes, they've spent 70% of the time in United's half after it, you go, we're on this and they're getting it. It's only Liverpool's attitude that will out, will, will do them on Sunday. I promise you that. And I swear to God, I'll be up the walls if Liverpool score on the side now that we're better than these and we'll just go through this game. You, and Nigel says it, never ever underestimate United because they love nothing more, mm. as poor as they are and as poor as they probably know they are, to come to Anfield, sit in, frustrate and get a bleeding poxy goal on the break where we're pushing and they get a goal on the break and your man Hoyland gets a goal or Ganacho and all of a sudden United are back and your man's fucking the best player in the world. And everyone would love that. So Liverpool are going in against a football team. They're going in against. I think they're going against a narrative. That's what I think they are. And I think they need to. They need to put their own narrative on this game where we're just way better than you. And it's not because we're technically better or we're better drilled. We want it more than you. And I promise you, if you want it more than Manchester United on Sunday, you will beat them and you will beat them well. Because go back and watch the the first six minutes against Bournemouth. Right? They're not chasing nobody. Lewis Cook, I think it is, intercepts a ball. Whoever the ball's going to just stops. Your man Amrabat just looks at him going by him. Shaw doesn't want to kick the ball and cross the cross the box. And Solanke's the only man in the box with Harry Maguire, and Harry Maguire is miles away from him. Because why? Mm. Someone else will do it. Ah, do I have to run there? Go and literally just go and walk. Cripple him. No. That's walk, your job. Walk hard. Walk the hard. biggest man in the team. Walk hard. Listen. Walk hard. Put the application in and you will beat Manchester. I'm saying it all season. Outrun them and you beat them. Handy. Because what happens is they don't want to track. They don't want to get into a shape. They don't want to track. They don't want, especially men running off the ball. They just don't, they're not interested. They're not, it's like someone else will do it. Move them around. Move them around. You saw us move them around for fun. And Fernandez's head was spinning. That's what happened to him. It was spinning from the move. At one stage, I can't remember who spun him. Might have been Jones. And you could see that he wanted to swing at him, and he threw his arms uh, as if to walk off the pitch. Boy Chetich, Boy Chetich does yeah. spun him, yeah. spun him, and you could see he just he just wanted to kick the umpire and walk off the park. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, and they kept, and right, and they gave him the cap. Yeah, Screw and look, uh, look, you know your game, you know your game is 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 like feels like it's miles down the road because tonight's Monday, with six days yeah. away. We we have to go to we have to go to Belgium. Um, you know, you'd have also, to play sorry, Gav. I was just going to say they have to play Bayern tomorrow night. What will that be? No, I know Bayern have qualified. No, no, well, the, 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 the thing, the thing is with, with Bayern, I'd be more worried as a United fan that Bayern got beaten five one at the weekend by Frankfurt because Bayern do not allow themselves to lose two games in a row. And I'd mm. say what's happened here is the equivalent of getting beaten five one away, and you're in training tomorrow. Basically, any of those pricks thought you weren't playing Tuesday night, you're all fucking playing now. And we put this to bed right fucking now because Bayern Munich, regardless of being qualified or not, if they go 5-1 at home away to Frankfurt and get beaten by this Manchester United team on Tuesday, they've lost two away games that they shouldn't be fucking losing. And their fans don't stand for that. They simply don't stand for it. So I think that's actually gone against United. It, a lot of ways you think, oh, Bayern are there to be got at. <laughs> Bayern will be going out there to absolutely put that 5-1 to bed as soon Man- as possible. Manchester, Manchester United, are a, it's a big game for them. They hate Man United. They'll never forgive Man United for 99. And you'll never see a game as wrapped up as that game was. And never seen that like it. You won't see it be, well, Istanbul was more wrapped up. But, do you know what I mean? From their perspective, mm. they, listen, there's no, there's no lying down from their perspective to Manchester United. No. Mm. They're going um, out there to 
Anyway, I won't be watching United tomorrow. I don't care what happens to them. They have to win yeah. and hope the other two teams draw, I think, for them to get through. That's right. Yeah. Or they even get Europa League football or something like that. Um, whatever it's going on. Uh, <clears throat> look, the United game is a good bit away. Uh, the rest of the week on the channel, um, from memory, me and Keith are on tomorrow at 10 a.m. Should be the crack. Me and, um, Chris are on tomorrow night at quarter to nine on the members uh, feed for, we're talking about the title, episode four of the title from 1920. Um, there's Premier League chat at 10 o'clock tomorrow night. I think I'm on that as well. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning, 10 a.m. Um, Wednesday night is the tribute show, me and Phil Casey, where I asked Phil to give, pay tribute to three former Liverpool players. That's on the members' feed as well. Uh, Thursday, we'll have, we're, we're putting the reaction to the, the European game at 10 o'clock because there's no point in doing it at 8. People will be watching other stuff, right? So we're leaving at 10 o'clock. That'll be on Thursday night. Friday, um, me and Chris are back again with another version or another episode of the title on the Friday. Saturday, nothing. Sunday, two shows. Obviously, post-match reaction to United. And this Sunday night show. And watch out. If you're, if you're watching and you're not a member, give the four euro a month if you can. We're having great crack in the morning at 10 o'clock. We're doing the title show, which is episode four of six we're going into. We're doing the tribute stuff. Um, and Keith is looking, um, at a new series coming out where he's, uh, it looks really good. That's all I'm going to say. It looks really good. So, um, that'll be on the members feed. And as a member, you get all the shows. Um, you, the, the likes of the, 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 title one you get to watch it you get to interact with it and you get it for down um you get it a week before the people for download get it but every show is available for download at some stage as well so don't be worrying that way it's four euro a month it's a euro a week um it's working out at something like i don't know fucking 20 28 30 shows a month i think it's it's coming in right now so um give it a go it's a it's a bit of crack it helps us out um, we're trying to put, we're still trying to keep our three and four shows a week free, which is sound. And we're trying to put more and more into the member stuff to make that four euro even more worth it for you. Um, slow week in garbage jobs with Chris. This is my job. It's not slow. I'm up to my eyes. Um, but that is it for the Monday night. Um, join us tomorrow at 10 on the members feed where me and Keith will talk for 10 minutes about football and 20 minutes about nonsense. And me and Keith are really good at the nonsense. So that should be good. Um, P, thanks a million. Trev, thanks a million. Thanks again to everyone in the chat. Thanks for your comments. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.